literally took fuck the police literally. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Spice Rack Podcast. I'm Savannah. And I'm Emily. And we have a lot to get into today, so we're just going to go ahead and do it. How are you doing, Em? I'm doing well. So first off, so I got two more targeted ads for like dating apps so <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. So the first is called like The League. And their mantra is like a dating app for the overly ambitious. And every Sunday they have a virtual speed dating thing that I think I would only do if I had like my friends like with me, like I'm not just going to do like speed dating by myself. Like I'd want like my friends with me. And then the second app is stir, which I'm confused because it's for single parents and I'm a pet mom. Like I don't have kids. (laughs) So I was like, Oh my God. I was like, why am I getting targeted? these ads and then I'll get into it more when we get into what we're reading but I've been in a very philosophical mood and I think it's because of the books I've been reading so that's how I'm doing Sav how are you doing I am fine I've been working a lot I feel like people who know me granted we think everyone who listens to this podcast like personally knows us right and the off chance that you are one of the seven listeners who doesn't know who we are I work for a fraternity and so I did a fraternity program last weekend stayed in a frat house the whole nine so I have like a little bit of the frat flu like my throat is still hurting a little it's not as fun as it was in college to get the frat flu like I didn't do anything crazy I just fucking did a leadership program and played I taught midwestern students how to play spades until like 4 a.m in the morning which was so fun because you know I'm the most competitive and the biggest shit talker in the world so my job is perfect for me because I can out shit talk fraternity men but I just am having a little frat flu moment my throat hurts really bad but other than that I'm thriving no, the frat flu is a real thing. It has to be something in the in the walls of fraternity houses. It has to be. You spend one night in a frat house and you have it. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's just inevitable. Yeah, it's like something in you. I totally agree. And I stayed there for three nights. So mama's hurting. I'm dying a little. You're a soldier. That's brave. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me about what you're reading. Because you've been okay. on like a you've been on a little bender. I've been on a little bender. Okay, so I finished A Touch of Rune and A Touch of Malice. That's book two and three after A Touch of Darkness. And I need book four, like immediately. And luckily it comes out in December, so I don't have to wait too long for it to come out. Super, super good. And so Okay, I- wait. Before you keep going, I have some follow-up questions. Okay. Because you had Hades at Meet the Parents last okay, episode. Okay, no, he's, he's God's here now. <laughs> he's God's here now. Just, like, everything that, like, has happened in the books, like, I just have, like, he's so much hotter, and I just yes. have more respect for him. So yes. I think that he just needed to grow a little bit, which he did. Okay, and you got to the baths scene. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Continue. So hot. Um, <laughs> and so I remember I was talking about how I wanted to read book lovers and I was afraid that I was going to get bored. Book lovers is going to be a forever top 10 of my favorite books. Like I okay. loved it so much. And I saw on TikTok before I started reading that it said that you would like Charlie, the main guy character, if you were team Logan from Gilmore girls, and I was so team Logan. And so I really, really enjoy the book. I think I finished it in like a day or a day and a half. It was just so good. Probably her best book. And then I really wanted to read something like emotional. And so I started reading A Letter to Whiskey. First off, I unintentionally bought the five-year 
anniversary edition, which I'm glad I did because you get like 300 pages in the guy's point of view. And so it has a happy ending when it's just her point of view, but it ends with like a six word sentence. And you're like, no, I did not go through this whole roller coaster. But then we get this whole separate book right afterwards, okay. his point of view. And it's just so good. And she compares him to whiskey. So there's like a lot of personification. She like, he aged like a fine bottle of barreled whiskey. So we have a lot of personification and it's just up and down, up and down. I highly recommend everybody read it. And if you're going to read it, get the five-year edition. Like, cause you're going to be really upset with how it ends. Cause it's, you're just like, I went through all of this, but very, very good. So. I've been on a bender. I think I might go after I finish this one to a rom-com, a few rom-coms and then get yeah. back into, and then get back into smut. I personally am still trudging through the Akatar series. I'm on a court of silver flames. I was telling Emily, mama is thick. This book is like over 800 pages long. So technically I have read 600 pages this week. But it feels like I'm not making a lot of progress. So after I'm done with this, I need like a little, I need like a mafia series. I need, I don't know what I need, but maybe a couple reverse harems. I don't know. But I need a palate cleanse for sure because it's, it's so good. It's just not an easy read. Like I need something that's easy that I can fly through. It's going to make me horny. Like that's what I want moving forward. So still trudging through A Court of Silver Flames. However, I did read the second book in the Twisted series, Twisted Games, Twisted Fate. Twisted Games. Twisted Games. And it was fucking spicy Princess Diaries. And I was so here for it. He is fine as fuck. Everybody in that book is fine. I loved it. I was so into it. It is such a good series. So good. I have a question. So with the books I've been reading, there's a huge connection between fate, soulmates, and how time plays a role in our future and like, like relationships and all this stuff. So do you believe in fate and soulmates and how like time, time cannot be wrong if he's the right person? Okay. Right? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I do believe in fate. I believe in fate and I believe in energy, right? Like, I think if you put good energy out into the world, it will come back to you. I think that everything happens for a reason. Soulmates is hard for me because I think that you can have more than one soulmate. I think that you can have love soulmates. I think friend soulmates are totally a thing. And like you find people and become friends with them for life because like part of your souls are connected in this way. I think that I met Seth when I was 20, 19. And so I think the timing and fate plays a big part in that too. So I don't know. What do you think? So I've, I've been writing in my journal a lot, just like wondering, because I don't think that the saying right person, wrong time exists. Like I, I don't agree with that statement. Okay. Because if it was the right person, it would be the right time. Exactly. So if you have fate, time, and soulmate, like the whole triangle, then all the pieces have to be even for it to work. Okay. I can get behind that. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment. But I remember I took a few philosophy classes in college because it was required for 
political science majors. And we were always have these conversations. And then we were at the dinner table yesterday and I was philosophical conversations are normal at my family's dinner table. And so I was like, do you guys like really think time exists? Or like, <laughs> like different things. So I just been in a very philosophical mood and I think the rom- the rom-coms will help me, but it really did bring up some interesting like thoughts that I had. I think I agree with you that like right person, wrong time doesn't exist because I very much buy into the whole, if he wanted to, he would. Exactly. And like, if someone wanted to make you a priority in their life, they would, regardless of what was going on. And so, yeah, I'm with you on that. I agree with that. So if you also want to join the philosophical conversations, read Book Lovers and a Letter to Whiskey, and then we can discuss because it created a whole triangle. I feel like I will read Book Lovers. I bought it from Target. I followed your advice. A love letter to whiskey sounds very sad. I don't want that in my life right now. I need to be happy and horny. That's what I need. I don't want any sadness. Yeah, it is sad at some parts. It's very deep. Like, it's a very emotional, deep read. Because you're following this couple's journey from when they meet when they're 16 and 17 to when they're in their 30s. No, I don't want that in my life right now. But I love this journey for you. But I'm good. (laughs) I'm going to... I'm going to get into some mafia. I'm going to get into some like kidnapping situation. I don't need any philosophical lifetime love situation going on. I don't need a Hallmark movie. I'm going to join you and I might use some of these philosophical questions on first date. So after asking about the ideal reverse harem situation with me, I'd be like, do you believe in fate? Yeah, this is how the order is going to go. You have to come on FaceTime. Would you join my reverse harem? And do you believe in fate? <laughs> or you should ask. And then tell him that you have all the Instagram captions already planned. So he doesn't have to do any work. I will definitely get a second, third, and fourth date. Obviously. I mean, he'd be tripping. He'd be tripping to not want to go out with you again. If he wanted to, he would, Emily. Exactly. So getting into Lucy Score, before we start talking about things we never got over, Lucy Score is a romance author who is obsessed with smoke and hot love stories. She enjoys sappy movies, sleeping late, and reading everything she can get her hands on. Books by Lucy Score include By a Thorn, Finally Mine, and Undercover Love. Series written by Score include the Center and Saint series and the Riley Thorn series. Today, we will be talking about Things We Never Got Over, which is a standalone set in a small town and involves spice, romance, and family drama. So the dedication for this week, it's a little sad, so you learn more about it in the author's note, which I started reading. Yes, have to read the author's note. It's essential. So this, the dedication is to Josie, Jen, and Claire, the bravest hearts, and We learn in the author's note that her three friends have all lost their husbands within a two-month span. So she dedicated this book to them and saying that it's okay to open your heart up for second chances, but also to be vulnerable. So it was really, really sweet. And so she dedicated it to, she said, as soon as she finished writing this book, she burst into tears because she was just thinking so much about her friends. So that was really sweet. That makes me want to cry. (laughs) I know. I need a minute. Oh my god. <laughs> right? Really pulled on the heartstrings. Yeah. I the author's note I think is the best part of books for me because they talk about their experience while they were writing this, where it comes from, like what what was heavy on their minds as they were writing it. So I'm glad you finally started reading them. I think it's the best part of the book. 
I agree. It's really good. Okay. Getting into the plot review. So this week we have a little small town romance. Em and I have been teasing it because everyone is losing their fucking minds over a small town romance. So we will give you one. Also important to note that this is a book that definitely blew up on TikTok. And so it's cool to see the hype that is surrounded this because a couple people liked it and shared it. And so now Lucy's score has like a New York Times bestseller because of TikTok, which is really cool. So getting into the plot review, Naomi has been haunted by an evil twin her whole life, literally an evil identical twin. And it has turned her into a full-time fixer and perfectionist. When said evil twin calls and says she needs help and money, Naomi comes running and runs away from her would-be husband on her wedding day. Tina, the evil twin, is a master con artist, so instead of getting help from Naomi, she actually steals her money and her purse, her car, her phone, her laptop, and she abandons her with a 12-year-old niece that she had no idea existed. To top it all off, everyone in Tina's small town hates Naomi by association from Tina because identical twins, they look alike. Everyone thinks that Naomi is actually Tina. And so she has a rough go of it with the locals, including local asshole Knox. Let me tell you about Knox. Some fun facts about Knox include he won the lottery and has used the money to invest back into his small town and his family. He is fine as fuck. He is a very dirty mouth and he ends up being madly and ridiculously in love with Naomi. Some tropes included in this, small town romance, heavy enemies to lovers, bad boy, good girl, some family drama, and then lots of rom-com level cuteness. We would probably describe this as a rom-com with like some drama sprinkled in. This is not a pure smut book. We are straying away from Den of Vipers, but Knox definitely fits into our bad boy summer category as he is. He's a little bad, a little bad to the bone. He owns a biker bar, so we're into it. When you try to envision Knox, who do you think of? Oh, I have this one in the bag. Okay, have you seen Heart of Dixie with Rachel Bilson? I have. Wade Kinsella is Knox for me. That's a good one. Thank you. Who do you picture? Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. The longish blonde hair, the biker gang. So that's who I envision him as. Uh Uh-huh. We're on the same vibe. (laughs) I picture him blonde. This man is fine. Fine as fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's really fine, so. I need to watch Sons of Anarchy. If this is the plot, I can get into that. (laughs) All men are fine as heck on that show. See, so going into the individual reviews. So I gave this book four stars. Naomi is such a strong person. She ran away from an abusive marriage and quickly became a guardian to her niece she didn't even know about. She didn't even hesitate to take care of Waylay. The banter between Knox and Naomi and how they realized they're meant to be took the whole book, which made it like a fast paced slow burn. It kind of, it wasn't like a Mariana Zapata slow burn, but it was some sort of slow burn. One of my favorite parts of this book was the discussion of like family, because it got deep, like discussion about how you do get to choose who you want as your family. You don't have to live your life pleasing everybody. I do like Knox and the way he took care of the town of Naomi and her niece. But I, he used to be a five for me at the beginning of the book, but he kind of gets knocked down to a three because some of his comments just like irked me. And like in the end, he was like, because Naomi, they um, have a baby and he's 
they said that the plus of infertility is no pregnant hormones like causing her to go crazy, which I didn't like. And then I hated the third stage breakup. He did all this stuff. Very boyfriend, husband like things. And then was like, no, like we're just friends. <laughs> you know, like he can't do that. He stood up to Waylay's teacher, the bullies, took complete care. Uh had Naomi stay with him when her house was broken into, gave her a job. You don't do that as friends. So he was a five, but he gets knocked down to a three. So, and there are some points in the book with like trigger warnings. There is like abuse and stuff. So do look that up. But overall, it was a very good book. Would have been a five if Knox, which is a little bit better. All right. I have a statement to make. I think as a Southern woman, because we are both Southern women, but Emily's from Atlanta and has always lived in like Atlanta proper, right? Like I'm in South Georgia. So I'm, I'm a little bit more on the like traditional Southern experiences. As a Southern woman, Knox is every fucking white man in a small Southern town. And so I think I could change him. I I could like expand his worldview a little, but I get what you mean. Like, he does say some shit that probably people who have never interacted with a human, a real human being like Knox in their life would be like, I don't like that. But me, I'm like, all right, buckle in. I can fix him. <laughs> I can change him. So that is my comment on that. I did get this five stars and I noted that I think this was timed right in like when I was reading because this was my palate cleanser in the middle of Akatar. So I think it gave me like the rom-com, cutesy, some good spice, some dirty talk. Like it had everything that I needed for the time in my life that I was reading it. So I think that's why it stuck with me. I liked it a lot. It's a very small town, very Southern. They say this takes place like an hour, 35 minutes to an hour outside of DC. So we are in like a rural Virginia area. The town is called Knock'em Out. That's pretty much the only thing that I absolutely hated about the book was that the town is called Knock'em Out and the child's name is Waylay. That is the countryest damn thing I've ever heard. Yeah, they have, the town has one motel. It was very country. And the mm-hmm. only ever experience I ever had with small towns and country was college. And then I quickly ran back to the city for grad school. Yes. So I think I was kind of just like, this, everybody knows everybody. Knox owns half the businesses in the town. Yes. And so he definitely is that like hockey asshole. Be like, well, what are you going to do? I own, I, I employ all of you guys. So, and he has mm. a brother, Nash, who is the local police chief. And so they are, are always fighting, but in Atlanta, you don't see brothers falling out of the door, punching and fighting each other, mm-hmm. but in mm-hmm. knock them out, you do. And it's just a normal occurrence there. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, Emily has not lived in enough small southern towns to really know this. But as a gal who has, I just, I think I could, I could influence the small town of Knockamout, expand their worldview. I could take, I feel like Knox just needs to get out of the country. Like we could go on a little trip and I think it would solve a lot of his things. But like the thing that drove me crazy about this, that was so small town, so southern, was like the conversation around fucking periods. I was like, okay. It is. Oh, don't get me. Don't get me. <laughs> Can we please stop calling it when women get their period shark week? Like, there's so no, there's no need. 
Shark Week is on Discovery Channel. And it happens once a week in the summer. And let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not a big fucking deal. Everyone has a period. I, I fucking can't with the period conversation. But that is such a small town, southern man ass thing to think. Yeah. Because he would have his bar. And all four bartenders were women. So they would all sync up. And he'd be like, yeah, I brought them a period, like, gift basket once a month. And I'm just like, I don't know. You're just being so extra about them having their periods. It kind of was yeah. just like, we can just skip this part. Like, the intention was there to do the right thing. But, like, you did too much. It was too much. I'm curious to know where Lucy score is from. Because she's got to be from a small town. She has to. A lot of her books take place in small town Pennsylvania. Mm, okay. See, I didn't see that coming. I would have thought she was, like, from South Georgia. Interesting. But, yes, that's the only thing that I did not love about this book. And I think being from the South, a lot of these small-town romances take place in these little rinky towns. And, like, I've lived in them. I don't need to read about them. I know the kind of men that are in them. Like, it's not fucking this. I can tell you that. Like, there are no fine men. Like, there's in Statesboro, Georgia. That's fine. Um, but that's just not what's, that's not what's going on. Should we get into the spice? Yeah, do you want to sing your little song? Okay, yeah, okay, so I was, when I was writing this, I was like, let's talk about spice, baby. You know, it's like, let's talk about let's you Let's talk and about me. spice, baby. Let's talk about spice, baby. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so it was in my head, like, all, like, all night. So. <laughs> jazzing it up, jazzing up the spice talk. I'm giving it 1.5 to 2 peppers. Because okay. I gave a touch of darkness to peppers. I don't think that the spice is on the same level as that. So they don't have sex until like the 250th, 300th page. So no, had it's, this page it's page 244. It's page 244 because I was looking that shit up. And I looked at 300 and they had already fucked. 244. <laughs> so this tension is building up. So Naomi decides to stay in the town and so she has these lunch breaks and Knox sometimes will take her sandwiches and they go for a car ride and one car ride got too steamy and they're like having sex in his truck and he tells her to hold on and like yanks her back down as he rams into her and he goes that's my girl when she finishes and says hold on I'm delivering the second one you know we love a good girl and that's my girl we fucking do and this, this next quote happened in the same scene when she was like, does this feel good for you? And he was like, I wanted you there when I woke up so I could flip you over on your hands and knees and fuck you so hard. You wouldn't be able to sit down for 48 hours without thinking about me. And this like is the Nox. thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Knox can say that and we know he will deliver on the promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite like spicy scene from this book so her ex-husband shows up to the bar and like tries to like take her like you've had enough of this like let's get back together and Knox intervenes and he pulls her into his office and they like start having sex and he is like fingering her and he goes ride my hand Naomi ride it while I make you come remember who you are and what you deserve like he is a feminist (laughs) he is he is But this is what I'm saying. How can you say, ride my hand, ride it while I make you come, remember who you are, what you deserve, and be like, no, we're just friends. You can't do that. 
no, how can we you talk expect about her? This. How can you expect her not to think too deep into it when you're saying that kind of things? Truly, we talked about this on another episode. If a man tries to tell you that you are fucking crazy and he tries to gaslight you for no. thinking that you have a stronger relationship than he does, he is a fucking idiot because it makes me so mad. Knox was husband treating her like his husband. He's taking care of the kid. He's protecting her. All this shit. He literally lets her stay in his grandma's cottage so that they have a place to stay. Like so much thought went into him taking care of her for him to be like, baby girl, what do you mean? What do you mean we're in this relationship? And it makes me, he's a gas, that's a gaslighter right there. When he was saying how, he's like, I told you, we can be nothing more. I closed the book and walked away for a little bit. I was so, one, I got deja vu, but two, I was just, this, I was like, this cannot be happening. Authors, we implore you, make a book where a man doesn't get freaked out at 94% of the way through. We would love that. I would love a book without a, without a third stage breakup, I think. That's what I really liked about Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey, because we mm-hmm. really didn't get a third act breakup. We kind of got a little bit of a breakup, but it wasn't such, it, I wouldn't consider a third act breakup. Because it's always like the man is like, whoa, whoa, I didn't want this. Like, I'm not your boyfriend, even though every action that he has speaks to boyfriend action and then the woman is like like I feel stupid I feel like I asked for too much and I don't deserve xyz then it comes back that like you do deserve that but like no no why can't we have women women breaking up like "Mm -mm, I said I didn't want to be in a relationship (laughs) like I need y'all to flip the script I'm I'm over it sad let's write a book oh my god (laughs) we should write a book Okay, my spice review. I'm giving this two peppers, solid two peppers. Again, they do fuck on page 244. Thank you very much because I had to look it up as I was looking for my spice. The first time that we have sex, this is what I like because there is a lot of banter and back and forth. It is very much enemies to lovers. And and then we get to like an insta love. Like they go from absolutely hating each other to being obsessed. There's not really an in-between. So the first time that we're boning, they still hate each other, which I was very much into. And so they go to have sex. Naomi is internally freaking out. And obviously you can see it like on her face, whatever. And he says, don't come to your senses yet, which I thought was so funny. And then Naomi is freaking out and she says, "We, I only want to do this once. And so Knox says, one time, final offer. And she says, don't talk like a game show host when your face is in between my legs. He says, don't ask me to have a conversation when you were just about to come on my goddamn tongue. Why is that so hot to me? Like, why am I so into that? I think it's very hot when that, so there is a line in a letter to Whiskey where he's like, don't act stupid. You've never been good at it. I just think Mm. that's so hot. So don't ask me to have this. There's something about don't and the words that follow when it comes from a man who is angry if that makes makes sense I just like a little listen roasting is kind of like my love language right like if you can't take the heat get out of the kitchen I'm gonna give you a slight roasting that is how I show you that I love you 
And if you can't give it back, and if you can't be like a little mean to me, then I don't want it. Like I need a little, need a little heat. Yeah, it keeps things fresh. Exactly. And yeah. that's my girl is Knox's absolute favorite saying. And y'all know I'm into the shit. Y'all already know. That's that's my go-to. Yeah, Knox is hot. <laughs> Knox is hot for Emily. Not a full-time thing. It's a one and done no. for you. We'll get into it with the, the boyfriend pyramid. So we are going to get into some discussion questions this week. So in this book, Naomi had to drop everything when she took custody of her niece and start all over in this town. So Sav, if you had a do-over, what would it be? Okay. Not this. <laughs> I have to say, I would not pick this. I always say, like, if I was in my 20s, graduated college, didn't go to grad school, wasn't engaged, right? Like totally different life. I would have totally fallen into the move to New York City trap in a fucking heartbeat and lived my little best NYC life and paid fucking four grand for rent and would have had a fantastic time and not cared. If I was able to have a do-over, like an infinite amount of money to do whatever I wanted to do. I personally think I would have gone into editing or publishing. So gone into the book world. Okay. And I feel like I would have started out in New York city as well, but I would want to end up being a publisher editor in like Martha's Vineyard or the coast. So have mm. that kind of easy breezy lifestyle because so those that know me, so I'm getting my PhD starting in August and I want to teach and when I was thinking about possible schools, I know teaching, I always saw the coast, like teaching in small, like a small college in Vermont, Massachusetts, something like that. Cause I think that lifestyle is just so nice and very relaxing. So I would not have moved to a small town and stayed there the rest of my life. I would have moved on to the East coast. I will say, Emily, you know, you can still do that, right? <laughs> like your life is not over. You can still it's so 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 hard to get into that field and you have to you have to have the undergrad degree and the grad school degree okay well but we'll see we'll see i will say as an aunt baby abigail is nine months old literally this week two days from now so cute i would drop fucking anything and baby abby needed me and i was required to do something and i was the only one there i would drop my whole life to take care of sweet baby abigail and so if i had to live in a fucking small town so be it i would do anything for baby abs i would take baby abs the move <laughs> like we can start all over because in because <laughs> in a way like situation she's getting bullied for who her mom is so I think getting her out of the town is also very healthy for her. There's that philosophy kick you've been on, so I see that. <laughs> I see it coming through. Okay, so most of the drama, Knox and his brother Nash have a lot of drama and a lot to sort through. And most of it stems from Knox winning the lottery and basically trying to like win people over with money. If you won the lottery, what would you do? Are we putting a price? Like, what was the jackpot? That's a good question. Because if it's like a $250,000 jackpot, that's like basically $200 in the real world. So 
I would, it needs to be like significant. Like, let's say you win like 50 million. Yeah, I was going to say 50 or it's completely unrelated. So my brother was listening to this interview with Joe Burrows. And so Joe Burrows got a $32 million signing bonus. And he said that he just woke up one morning and it was his bank account. So we started thinking if we won 32, 30, like over 30 million, like what we would do. I personally would pay off like all the cars that my, like my parents and David are paying for. I would put a little bit of money in a trust for my younger brother. I would buy my grandma a house because my grandma is 79 years old and she's still teaching. So I will buy Babu a house, a butler, like have her live her life wherever she wants to buy my parents their dream RV. And then I'm a city girl through and through. Even if I moved into Martha's Vineyard or somewhere, I would still be in the city part. And if I was staying in Atlanta, I would buy a penthouse condo three or four bedrooms. And then if my friends wanted to live with me, they would live with me. I wouldn't charge them rent or anything. I okay. So you, still, you've thought, I this, thought through. this through. Yeah. And I think I would, I think I would still work because I would get bored. Okay. Here's my thing. If I won again, has to be enough money. That's like significant. I think if you win a million dollars, like yes, in the grand scheme of life, that's a lot of money, but that's not like quit your job, retire money. Mm-hmm. So if I won quit your job, retire money, I would pay off my student loans because fucking daddy Joe is not going to do it. I feel like I would also do that as well. <laughs> so I would pay off my student loans. I would probably, I would put a significant amount into investments. And so my brother is really savvy about stuff like that. So is my mom. So I would be like, all right, here, like, let's make sure that we all have enough to be financially stable, right? Like, let's pay off our houses, pay off our cars. And then here's X amount for you to invest in whatever businesses you see fit, which would be really fun because Garrett is a genius. And I, we have very different skill sets, right? So we would invest in totally different things. Seth would probably do some of that too. But the biggest thing is like, I would want to make sure that my family and like my close friends are set up for whatever financial freedom for them looks like but I want to travel. I want to travel and have like the best time. I want like a four month vacation. I want to hit every country that I've ever wanted to go to and not have to worry about money. Cause I think like so much of traveling is it's so much more fun when you're not concerned about like what your dinner bill was or how much you're spending on Ubers and stuff like that. So I think like that would be my biggest thing is make sure that like we're all financially stable and we're set but I want to travel the world and that's what I would spend a lot of money on. I would definitely be buying a yacht. Oh, okay. Because for me, I remember I love flying, but can you imagine you have your own yacht and you're going through the Greek islands, going through Italy, the different stuff. So like, that's what I would want to do more than like flying everywhere. But I think even if I did win that much money, I still want to do a backpack through Europe trip yeah but it would be less stressful because you know if anything happens you have like backup you'll be fine yeah I agree and I don't know I think that I would still I don't know if I would like work right like I don't want anybody to like tell me when they come in but I'd still probably volunteer my time in some way like either working with students doing stuff similar to what I'm doing now or like in the community I don't know like but I would want to be a good steward of the community that I lived in and still like find passion in places. Cause I think there's a difference between not working and not doing anything. And so I'd have to make sure that I'm like doing something to keep busy and occupied. 
it's important to give back. It's 100%. See, we're good people. So we should, we win, the, we should win the lottery. We, we should are. do good things with it. Truly, we put a lot of thought into this. I said every time is like, should we start playing the lottery? And I feel like it's throwing away money. So I always say no, but I got my plans fucking ready if I ever win. My mom is religious with cash three and cash four. She plays Oh her my gosh, really? Yeah, she even has, she has these like lottery books for each month that like tells you what numbers to play for what day of the week, like what numbers to play if you like have a certain dream. So she plays like $4 like a oh day with like, her little, her little fun activity. So fate for you, Terry. So fate, if you're listening, let Sav and I win the lottery. Yeah. Fate, (laughs) if you can hear us, we would love to win the lottery. I will be honest too. I could fucking blow 30 mil. I feel like in a month. (laughs) So if I really put my mind to it, I could completely blow all of it. So we talked about the third act breakup and we know that this book has a happy ending. So do you think Knox groveled enough? I personally do not think he grovel- he groveled enough at all. If a man did all that stuff and then was like, I apologize. And he apologized through text and said, mm-hmm. I should have talked, not even in person. No, he would have had to grovel for at least six months for me to forgive him. Okay. Here's the thing. What is your love language? Are you a words of affirmation love language person? No, it's physical touch you're a toucher I should yeah it's a little touch okay so I'm a quality timer and an acts of service person those are my two love languages and I think that he did because I don't think that he groveled enough in his words but I think that his actions really showed through of like dropping everything to make sure that she was safe freaking out when he thought that she something had happened to her like making sure that if she was in public and he knew that she would make him uncomfortable, that he would go a different direction, right? Like, so I think that he didn't grovel in his words, but his actions were sincere. I also, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think he has small town white man syndrome and probably doesn't know how to express those feelings properly. Probably has never been to therapy, doesn't know the right things to say. And so didn't know how to like really have that conversation. But I do think that his actions showed that he cared and that he was willing to try to make it work and we did have to know Knox does have daddy issues big time so his toxic masculinity that pops up at times does come from his dad and so I believe that they just need to go to group therapy Nash can also Mm -hmm. go to therapy and then I might like Knox a little bit more we are indeed feeling very philosophical today. So I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that you set the tone. <laughs> Speaking of Knox and Nash, who are you picking? I'm picking Nash because Nash is less wishy-washy. Because when okay. he saw Naomi, he was saying he because he liked her too. But he was whenever Knox would mess up, he'd be like, How can you mess up with a girl like her? Like he knew what he wanted. He had a straight, he wasn't wishy-washy. And the fact that he never played with people's feelings, like that's really huge for me. So I'm picking Nash over Knox. What so you, you would, you would like to fuck the police is basically what I'm hearing. <laughs> Emily took fuck the police literally. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Knox or Nash, you know, I hear Paris is good this time of year. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I feel like, you know, why pick one when you can have both? Porque los dos. Like, let's go for two. <laughs> so, I, I would literally fuck the police and I would fuck Knox. So, I'm going to say both. And say both? Mm-hmm. See, we're going to get into the boyfriend pyramid because that's where I'm going to talk about more about Knox. So, as you guys know, there are, we have ultimate friends with benefits we have meet the parents white picket fence and then god tier so i'm putting Knox as the ultimate friends with benefits and getting more philosophical so i've only had my heart broken once and it was because of this kind of situation where i fell for a guy found like lines got very blurred he was doing very very boyfriend things and i thought i could change him and then he was like psych but then he kept like stringing me along so I think with Knox, he is the ultimate friends with benefits because I now I learned that you can't change a man. And so I think that even though they're ending up together, he still has some of his same qualities. So he's ultimate friends with benefits for me. What about you, Seth? Okay, so I put Knox at white picket fence. And while you were talking, I was like, should I change it? <laughs> like, should I change it? But I'm going to stick with where I'm at because I do think that I could change him contrary to everything you just said and you know I just I liked Knox I liked his energy I liked how he protected her he was very much a man of action and not a man of words so yeah I'm putting him in white picket fence I could see a happy little happy little marriage between us some little nuggets running around I will say I think if I because <laughs> I, I thought about doing meet the parents and like my mom would not approve so i'm just yeah. gonna skip, I'm gonna skip right ahead <laughs> to why it makes sense because i'm just gonna bypass all that constructive criticism i'm ignoring every red flag along the way to this lifetime happy marriage that i have you keep bringing knocks around to meet your friends and all of us are questioning it but we're just letting yeah. it go because you're happy yeah. yeah everyone's gonna just like let me make my mistakes and maybe we get divorced. I don't know, but I can still feel the white picket fence loving. I would marry Nash and think Knox would be a good brother-in-law. Okay. I like that they live in a small town, but I don't know if I would want to live so close to my in-laws unless we had a very good like relationship, like brother and sister-in-law maybe, but not mother-in-law and father-in-law no immediately no so thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode so next week's stop on bad boy summer is blindsided by amy dawes we got a spicy soccer romance including brother's best friend so i'm very excited that we have not read this this is the first time that we are doing a book and announcing it before we've read it. So yeah. what, what do we do if we hate it? I don't think we'll hate it. So get to reading. We'll be reading. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon.